Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Luke 11 verse 1, it says this, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside the house answers and says, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So, I say to you, says Jesus, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, your, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want to speak this morning about a subject which probably everyone probably don't want to hear me preach on really, and that's prayer. It's preaching on prayer. You know, when we become a Christian... We give our lives to Jesus and we come into this relationship with God. And one of the things you come to the church and you've just given your life to Jesus and then someone starts to tell you, you need to do this and you need to pray. It's good to pray. And it's one of the things that we add into the mix. One of the things I was mentioned this morning is fasting. We're a church that believes in fasting and praying. Sometimes we probably don't do enough of it and we need to do more of it. But actually it's not about waiting for the church to do it. We all need to do that in our daily lives. But what I want to encourage you this morning is that prayer isn't something to run away from. It's not something that we should think, oh, it's another chore to do. But actually prayer is so important in your Christian walk. If you're not a Christian today, this will speak to you anyway because this is something to be attracted by, not put off by. The reason why is prayer is communication with God. So many of us look at prayer and we, some people start to talk to us about praying and 
We've had so many bad experiences. How many have had a bad experience when we tried to pray and it just all goes wrong? Yeah, you know it. I do. Just last week. Prayer is a difficult thing sometimes for us. The world today is getting so fast. The world today, there's so much information we have to take in. There's so many things and chores to do. Boy, oh boy, every week when I look at my diary at the moment, I try to take each day as it comes because there's so many things we try to cram in. You know, you look at some of the young people, I look at my boys sometimes, and they're quite able to sit in in front of the TV, watch TV, and on the iPad playing different games, and they try, they can do so many things at once. Because the generation we're in is, we're learning how to multitask in taking so much information in. And our minds become so occupied by this, they never seem to shut off. We find it very difficult to just pray and talk to Jesus. And I want to talk this morning to you to talk about what Jesus said about teaching about prayer. Now, when Jesus said, when you pray, say this, he gives us just a few lines. Some of us get excited by this because we think if we read this, well, that's all we've got to do. If Jesus said this and he also said, don't babble on like pagans because I already know what you need before you ask. Some of us start to get into the mentality where we think, well, why ask? Why bother? If he knows what I'm going to pray, what's the point? If he doesn't want me to babble on like a pagan, then why should I? I don't need to have cleverly invented prayers. But I don't believe that what Jesus gives here in this short description, his answer to teach us how to pray. You know, we want to know how to pray like you. If it's just this prayer, then I think that God will get bored of our repetitiveness. So I think there's more to it than this. And I want us to look at what Jesus taught on this In this particular response, his answer. Prayer is important to Jesus. It's important to God. But actually, he's not, he doesn't, he's not anchoring on his life, on you praying. It's for you. Fasting is for you. Prayer is for you. Lots of people think that God is, he needs us to pray. God wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. And it's not something where he ticks the box and says, you've done something, you, you've done the prayer, so you know, you've achieved it. But he wants to talk to you. How many of you know when you get into a relationship with someone? I remember when I was really young, Emma's not here today, so I can say this, but I used to have long distance relationships and they never seemed to work. I'm not saying that they don't. But if you didn't talk much, then we didn't have mobile phones like we have now. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have emails. Then, yes, all I had was a red telephone box that I used to go because I didn't want mum to hear me talking to my girlfriend. So I'd go down the road with my few 20Ps and have a call to my long distance relationship as I watched the money tick down. But sometimes I didn't talk for a long time. And how many of you know relationships don't last if you don't talk? They don't last. And I'm telling you today, the reason why it's important to pray to Jesus is not for you to tick the Christianity box of prayer. It's not for you to do the chore that says I'm a Christian, but it's simply communication with him. He wants you to talk. It's good to talk, says BT. It's good to talk. It's good to talk to Jesus, the one who we've sung about this morning, the one who saved us, the one who ransomed us, the one who gave us life. 
It's good to talk to him. He wants to talk. Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. He says, rejoice always, pray continually. This is Paul. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There it is. It's God's will for us to pray. Pray continually. So what did Jesus say? How did he teach us to pray? And what can we learn from it? Typical scenario for you is this. If you don't go by, some of us get it the wrong way around, I think. You see, he gives us what I believe in this answer, what Jesus says. He doesn't just say, listen, here's the prayer. It's on a little card. Just say that every day and you'll be fine. Because what is that? Repetitiveness and copying that would be no relationship, would it? So I believe there's more to it. If Jesus wants to have relationship through communication, then it's not to repeat this prayer. But I believe that this prayer, these simple few lines, have a guide, a guideline for us of how to pray. You see, the problem is that we don't, we dismiss it, we look at this scripture, we miss it out and think, I, I can't do prayer. I'm not going to tell anyone, but I don't, some of us today probably, the, they can't, you can't even remember the last time you prayed. You can't remember the last time you got on your knees and prayed. And I'm not here to put anyone down. Someone will say, well, how long, how much do I need to pray? There's no answer. There's only you who knows the more you want to spend time with Jesus. You see, the more you want relationship with him, the more you want to spend time with him, the more you fall in love with him, the closer you'll get, the more you want to spend. There'll be no limit. There'll be nothing. You won't be counting the minutes. But so many of us, we say, how long? We need. To, we want to find the scripture. What do we need to do? Because the, there it is, there's no relationship. And we get it the wrong way around. You see, look, some people do it like this. You see, what I'm going to do today is take you through that structure just to show you simply some steps of how to pray. But many of us do this. We start off with all of our sins come to our mind immediately. We get it all the wrong way around. So the first thing, you know what it's like. This is what it's been like for me sometimes. You go and find the quiet place that Jesus said to go and find in the closet. I go into the closet, all there is is a hoover and there's things, coats falling on me. So I think, did he mean the closet or does he mean a bed? What does it mean? Where do I need to go? I need to go in a private place. Do I need to go in a holy place? Some people would say yesterday when we were at Strawberry Fair among some of the spiritual demonic activity that was going on there. Can you really speak to God here? Yes, there were miracles happening right there and then. You can talk to Jesus wherever you want. But he says go into a closet, spend some time, get out of the way in other words. Get in a private place. But some of us do this. We go and we find this private place. We get, we get into the bedroom, we think right, what do I do? Do I, do I need to lay down? Do I need to get on my knees? Do I need to uh, put, go face down? What do I need to do? And we start to get in these positions. How many of you know the moment you get into your position, you've not even spoken. You've not even said anything to God yet. And all of a sudden you get, you seem to get itches in your feet. And then you, you start to feel a bit uncomfortable. And you think, I, I don't feel comfortable praying. Maybe if I lay on my back. Now 20 minutes have gone by. You've still not said a word. Because you're trying to work out how to pray. So then you find it. You lay down and you you think, this is it. I feel peaceful. I feel now I can speak. I'm in my closet and this is it. I'm going to communicate now. I don't feel 
agitated, I'm ready. And then you start to pray. The problem is the first thing we do is none of us feel worthy to communicate with him. None of us feel that we're worthy enough to communicate. Because the enemy, Satan, comes and fills you immediately. The moment you found the closet space, he fills you immediately with so much sin that you think, I cannot do this. I'm not even worthy to talk to God. Then the phone rings. You still not said anything because you think there's 500 things going on in my mind of sin. The stuff I've done just a few minutes ago. And then the phone rings. You think, oh, lucky escape. It's a text message. It's a Facebook ping. It's a Twitter ping. Oh, I need to read this. I need to. It's so important. It's so important to read this. Oh no, the postman delivers something and you hear it. You think, that's that parcel from Amazon. I must, it's important, I get it. I'll come back to this place. So you go and you get the parcel. Or you go and you check the Twitter feed. Or you go and check the Facebook message. Or you go and check the text message. Or you answer the phone. There's so many things. But you do one of these things and then you read it. And then you're totally put off by what you were doing. Eventually, another 30 minutes later, you get back to, ah, yes, I was praying. I'll go back. So then you go back. Now you're trying to find the position again. You're trying to find the place again where you feel comfortable. And you can't find it. It takes you 20 minutes to get comfortable again. By now, an hour's gone past. And soon you know that you've got to go and do something else or go to work. So then you say in the end, do you know what? I feel defeated. Then we start to say, Jesus, there's so much sin in my life. And what we tend to do is we do this. We try to get saved before we pray. We try to get saved again. We try to come to God and, and say, Lord, there's so much sin. I can't even pray. There's a wall between us, a divide. The curtain's not torn. I need Jesus is not wanting you to do this. He wants to communicate. He just wants to talk. You see, the enemy will fill you with so much and stop you from talking to him. You feel defeated. We feel condemned to pray. You know, when we start off with our sin, we start off with how we feel. It's not a good place to start. It's not a good place to start. You see, the Lord's Prayer that we read earlier talks about forgiving others, asking God for forgiveness. We can't find it in ourselves to forgive ourselves, let alone someone else. We're beating ourselves up immediately the moment we get into the presence of God. And I want to talk to you right now and take you through what I believe will help you in praying. First thing that Jesus says in the first line of what to do. He says, our father, hallowed be your name. Our father, hallowed be your name. I believe that the first thing you should do Once you've got your comfortable space, whatever that is, and listen, whatever it is for you, it's different for someone else. Everyone's closet that they use, their space is a little bit different to someone else. If you find it easy to walk and pray, if you find it easy to go and do something different, you find what's comfortable for you. If I was to talk about all the different relationships here today of what you do in your relationships when you first met, we'd all have a different story because we'd all like to do things differently. God is not a God of religion that says you have to do it this specific way. But he says to us all, find your own way just to talk. But the first thing we should do is this. Worship him. Worship him. 
Do you know what this does? It takes all of the emphasis off you. It takes all of the emphasis off you and your problems and your sins that are too big to even step into his presence. We need to worship him and lift up his name. In that time, I want to encourage you, and you will find a major difference in your prayer walk if you do this. If you go into his presence, ignore, listen to me, for a start, where you are at, but worship him. When you worship him, you will get a completely different perspective of you and him. The more you worship Jesus in your prayer time, and listen, this doesn't mean if you've chose your closet and your closet is at work in, in walking around at work, this doesn't mean you start speaking in tongues and shouting out and singing in the, in, in, you know, outside the offices. You're going to get into trouble. You're going to get in lots of trouble. You'll be coming back to me. They'll be saying, well, my minister said that this is what I need to do. This is my new, this is my new closet. They'll be like, what? But listen to me. You need to find that space. And worship is not about you singing the latest song that Sam's brought on Sunday. It's not about singing one of the worship songs and getting all the band with you to start with. How many of you know that if you do that, you're setting yourself some task again? But listen, worship is about this. Even in your heart, in the quietness of your heart, you can lift up the name of Jesus. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. Listen to me when you worship him and just in your own heart saying, God, I know who you are. I know what your word says about me. I know who you are and you are great. And there's no one like you. The more you lift up his name, you'll take emphasis off everything that you've ever done. Then you'll realize how great he is, that he's a God of forgiveness. All of the attributes he is. In Psalm 100, 1-4, the author says this, shout. For joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Listen to me. This sounds simple stuff. It is simple because prayer needs to be simple. If we have a complicated message on how to pray, you're not going to do it. It's got to be simple. You need to worship and lift up his name. And you can do that in the quietness of your heart. It will take emphasis off you and on God. In Hebrews 12, 28 says this, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe. Listen to me. When you worship him in reverence and awe, what will start to happen is you rev- it will reveal to you that you are serving a God, a God of the, who's unshakable. That despite how shaken you are, you realize he is not shaken. The problem is we spend so long in our early part of our prayers and looking at how shaken our world is. Listen, we serve a God of whose unshakable kingdom. And what he says is when you worship me, you'll begin to see in reverence and awe that you serve a God that, that the kingdom is not shaken. However shaken you feel by your sin, I am not shaken. Come before him with worship. There's six points to this. I'm going to go through them very quickly. Because of time. The second one is this. Pray for God's will. 
pray for God's will. Listen, we've not even got to sin yet. We've not even got to the sin part. We've not even got to look how bad I am. Look how bad I feel. But Jesus, when he gave the prayer, he didn't talk about sin in the early part. He said this, worship God. And then he said, Father, your kingdom come. Where's, where is it about sin in this? He says, Father, let your kingdom come. In other words, I want your will, not my will. How many of us go? Even if we prayed for the sins, we'd start to bring petitions of our will. What we want. And sooner or later, we're babbling on like the pagans, desiring different things. And we're asking for our will to be done. We're coming with petitions and lists of things saying, God, if you can sort this out for me, then I will serve you. If you will, you know, I, I, sign, the, I sign the deal of, of accepting you. I love you, Jesus. But listen to me. You don't understand my predicament. You don't understand where I'm at. I need some help. And if you don't help me, listen, I'm packing this whole thing in. I'm finishing the relationship because you should give me everything I need. I need to walk in your will. Yes, but I need you to fulfill mine first. But God says you need to ask for his kingdom to come. His will to be done in our lives before you ask for your will. Matthew 6 verse 33 to 34. Jesus talks about seeking his kingdom first. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How many of you know that? In other words, he says this, before you worry and think about tomorrow, think about the things you need. In other words, seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Seek the will of God. Do you know what I'm beginning to learn more and more? The more I think I, I need God to bring, I need my will to be done, I really need his will. Because his will is just brilliant. His will is just perfect. And all his ways are just. Listen to me. It's so important that we do this. We worship God. We lift him up. We elevate him. We lift up the name of Jesus in our prayers to start off with. Listen to me. You'll love your prayer time. It'll be so good. It'll be so good because you're lifting up Jesus. Then secondly, when you start to say, do you know what, God, I'm not interested. Listen, I'm not even going to talk about all the will that I need, the, the things I'd like to do and go and do this and do that. I just want your will to be done. Holy Spirit, come, guide me. Bring the Father's will in my life that I may walk in the will of God. We'll get to the other things later. But first, ask for his will to be done in our lives. Seek first his kingdom. We read earlier that Jesus said, to his disciples, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? In other words, as fathers as we are, even though we're evil, if our children ask for something, why would we give them something that they don't want? But Jesus, sometimes you know this, we, we ask God for things. We ask God for his will to be done in our lives. And do you know what we do? When, when things don't work out, when things are not the way it seems, the, the will of God is not, that our will is not being fulfilled out. What the first thing we do is this, we give up on God. We give up on God because we think it's not happening the way that I designed it. It's not happening the way that I intended it. You know, just a few years ago, when I, before I, I moved to this, this career and 
to take over the church. I was working in a job. I've been there 13 years. Loved the place. But one time I was getting a little bit discouraged. And I wanted to. I thought about moving to somewhere else. And how many of you know when you've not wrote a CV for a long time? It's quite difficult, isn't it? And I wrote my CV and I, and I wrote this CV and one of the things in my job where I had to do is it wasn't just a CV, but the problem is with my job is I had to have a portfolio as well. So I had to create a, a portfolio of my graphics work. I used to work in media. So I had to show all these pictures, show the latest things that I was doing. So it wasn't just a CV. I had to go and present to people what I did. And, um, I was so scared about doing this because I thought, I haven't done this for years and I've got to go and present to someone. And I put this portfolio together, sent off these job applications and I started to get responses back from people. And do you know what? I nearly got a job. I nearly got a job in a place which seemed financially was so much better than where I was. And on paper, it looked great, but I didn't get it. I prayed about it. I asked God for his will to be done and I didn't get it. Now the thing is this, there's many times as well throughout that period that people offered me positions to work in businesses as as partnerships. They'd say to me, come and join and you'll get more money doing this if we work in, in partnerships. And I used to be tempted by certain things, but sometimes I pursued these things and then a door was shut. Listen to me, listen to me. Jesus sometimes will not give you the things because he doesn't want to give you a snake. Many of us get it wrong. We think we know a snake and sometimes we don't. There's times when I found out a few years later that businesses have dried up that I could have walked into, but I didn't. Because God knows everything. When you worship him at the beginning, you realize he's the beginning and the end. You see, when you realize he's the beginning and the end, then you start to realize, well, whatever I ask in his will, he knows all the outcome. He knows what's good for me. So whatever door shuts, I'm in his will. In fact, I'm excited when doors shut. I love it when a door shuts. I love it when a door shuts on me that looks really good. <laughs> Some people don't. I meet lots of people that said, this, is, this has happened. And I don't know why, but on paper, you know, what is happening? Maybe my relationship with God. No, listen to me. Get excited when great doors shut. Because if you serve God, his will is greater than any door that is offered in this world today. It's so much greater. Don't try and decide for yourself what's a snake. Let God decide. Let God decide your snakes. He doesn't want to give you something bad. But listen to me. You've got to ask for his will first. Listen to me. If you're not asking for his will, if you're not getting before him in prayer and communicating with him and having a chat to God, just a simple chat. That's all it is. Just talk to Jesus. If you're not doing this and asking for his will, listen to me. You're going to get some of these snake doors opening. Because God's going to be looking at you saying, listen, you're not interested in my will. I just want to help you. Go and do it on your own. You'll soon come running back to me. Listen to me. God's not judging you. He just wants to love you and take care of you. That's all he wants to do in communication. Third thing today is, the next thing Jesus says is to pray for our needs. Here we are. Now we get to it. This is what some of us start off with. Pray for our needs After we've worshipped him, after he's asked for his will, pray for our needs. He says this, give us each day our daily bread. 
So many of us, we do, we start off with this first and the enemy comes and says, reminds us as we're praying, he says, look, since when has God ever helped you out? You're in dire straits. You're in in such a predicament. Why are you praying to God? And you start to pray and saying, God, I need your help. I need finances. I need this. Things are all falling down around me. I'm in debt. I'm having problems in my life and I can't handle this. And the enemy is fueling your mind because you started off your prayer like this. And within a few minutes, you've given up. You've walked off. You're back looking at your bank account. You're back looking at your problems. And you're back looking at all the things that are wrong. And you've given up on prayer. Reason why is you never started off with worship. You never started off in lifting God up and realizing who he is over your life. You didn't ask for his will. You just went and presented your needs. But listen, Jesus does say we need to present our needs. Different context though. When you worship him first and you lift him up, ask for his will, then pray for, for our needs. Give us each day our daily bread. In James 4, it says this, verse 2 to 3. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on good pleasures listen to me when you communicate with God he knows you inside out he knows every single part of you and he knows what you really want there's no hiding from Jesus there's no hiding our motives from him and many of us go with needs And we present these needs, but our motives are totally off the chart. I want to remind you today that when you come and you ask for needs, listen to me. If you've asked for God's will in your life, your prayer for your needs will be different. If you're asking for your own will, you'll be asking for needs that fulfill your will. But if you ask for needs that fulfill the will of the Father, it's a completely different prayer. I want to... I want to encourage you today, don't go before God trying to hide your motives because he knows our motives. But when we ask for his will first, then he will reveal to you what to ask for. He already knows what we need. He knows before we ask him. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry and babble on like a pig and saying, God, I need this, I need this. If you put his kingdom first, he will give you the needs. There's so many times I could tell you of things where... We've had God come through in our lives and we've been blessed and we've been given things because we didn't, we we asked for things from God, but we didn't worry about them. Just recently, I mean, these are just small things, but, you know, finances, we, you can't always, isn't it just ridiculous? Kids seem to grow in clothes so quickly and you, you buy some clothes for them and you're like, this is just ridiculous. You've grown a few months and then they've grown out of it. Just a few of the weeks, Emma said this to me. She said, we need to get the kids some more shorts. I said, can't you just cut the trousers down? Save money. And then just out of the blue, my sister came down to visit us. And she just said, by the way, Phil, in the boot of the car, I've got stacks of shorts, kids' shorts for you. Gave us a, at the moment, Jake has got too many shorts, I think. He's, got, he's, he's certainly got more than me. But listen to me. If you trust God, he will give you your needs. 
So many of us, though, want the latest designer labels. We want the certain things we want, and we're not willing to take something from someone else. Listen to me. God will supply your needs. He is faithful. He is faithful. So many of us, though, we ask with the wrong motives, and we try to hide our motives from him. But God can weigh up our motives. He knows our hearts. So I want to encourage you, bring your needs But make sure your needs are in line with his will. Say, God, do you know what? I want the needs to help me fulfill your will. By the way, if I'm going to do that, will you help me with all the other things as well? And remember, he says, if you seek first his kingdom, all the other things will be added. The problem is we always go for the added things first and say, when we're comfortable, then we'll do your kingdom's work. Psalm 37, verse 4. The psalmist says this, take delight in the Lord and he that's God will give you the desires of your heart now listen to me lots of us love this we've got it on the fridge it's a great magnet it's a great magnet on the fridge to say that he will give you the desires of your heart but we never read the first bit so clearly that he says take delight in the Lord many of us say that he will give you the desires of your heart he wants to give you everything But if you delight in the Lord first, and you delight in his will first, then it's a completely different context. He will give you the desires that are in tune with him, not in tune with you. Many of us love it the other way around. But I want to encourage you today, seek his kingdom, and he will give you the things you need. Number four today, pray for his forgiveness. Pray for forgiveness. We said this, forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sinned against us. Listen to me. We're right, look how far we've got in now. Jesus mentioned sin now. But many of us start right at the beginning. I encourage you, next time you pray, it's good, you, we must bring our sins before him. It's, it's so important we do this. But don't start off with it, because you'll condemn yourself. But listen to me. Many of us today, we do this. We get so, we've been Christians for so long, we start to become immune to sin. We start to become immune to the little things. Now we've got our own new list of sins that are bad and sins that are okay, sins that are white, sins that are black. And many of us go through our lives, and you know who you are because we've all done it, We start to get immune to certain things. Some of the things we used to pray before God when we first got saved no longer make it to the list. Because now, sin, you've got to be doing some of the worst things to be able to bring these to God. The other things, what we do is we become our own saviour. We start to save ourselves saying, I don't need to bring this before God. I can carry this myself. Listen to me. You're fooling yourself. You are totally fooling yourself. Satan is a liar. And Satan will come and tell you, you don't need to bring these things. You're quite in control. You don't need God. Listen, he's he's saying the same things to us now. Satan is what he said to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. You don't need God. What does he know? Listen to me, whatever you have in your heart that you know is wrong, it's a hindrance before God. And listen to me, there's so much going around at the moment about super grace and all these kind of messages about that we can live a life and 
Grace is true. There is so much grace. Listen to me. There's no condemnation for those who believe. But still we have to confess our sin before him. The reason why is because he wants us to know. It keeps that relationship strong. He keeps us realizing that he is the one who can forgive. Not us. We cannot forgive ourselves. Don't believe the lie. Because eventually what happens is some of the worst things you do become on your immune list. And eventually, you become walking around and literally, you are never bringing these things before God. Listen, it's not that God is saying, you need to keep getting saved before me. No, he's saying, just talk to me. Tell me about it. Share it with me. Tell me because I want to forgive you. I, want to, I don't want to say, you're getting saved again. I want to say to you, listen, I want to pour out my grace upon you. And you'll know what it is to experience his grace. Let's never get immune to sin. I know that recently we've got some scales in our in our house and Emma, she goes to the gym and I said this before and I, I'm trying to lose a few pounds but it's quite difficult to lose a few pounds these days. I like M&Ms too much and you know, just one M&M every now and again. You think, that how can such a little thing that's so sweet and small have so much effect on one's body? But it's for some strange reason if you read the packet of a small packet of M&M's, they're nearly a 1,000 calories in one pack. Now the thing is, yes, 900 and something calories. I know, I've read it plenty of times. <laughs> Listen to me. But we have one small one at a time. And I stopped for a while. I thought, what's the point in going on the scales? I don't need to go on the scales. I know what weight I am. Until I went on one morning and I was shocked. I was very shocked. And listen to me, it's the same in our prayer life. Many of us, we're eating the odd M&M. We get so immune to this, we, we're just carrying on in our lives and we're thinking, these are small things, but listen, we're not going on the scales. You cannot avoid the scales. You cannot avoid identifying, checking your heart before God and then saying, God, I realize I'm, I'm adding all these little things in, but you know, I'm weighed down with sin now. I'm heavy with sin. Bring them. Before the Lord. If we claim to be without sin. In 1 John 1 verse 8 to 9 it says. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just. And he will forgive us of our sins. And purify us from all unrighteousness. There it is. Listen. There's not a, a, there's not a, a certain remit for some people that when you go into prayer that he can't forgive you of certain sins. Listen to me, whatever you've done, the worst thing you could ever think of, listen to me, just confess it before him and you will be forgiven. He will forgive us of all our sin. You see, when we learn and we understand in communication with God that he can forgive us of the worst things we've done, then we can forgive others. We'll have the ability, it says, to forgive others. Remember, it says this in the, in, the, in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. It's important that we forgive others as well. Listen, if you have received forgiveness from God, then you should give forgiveness to someone else. But many of us are holding the grudge. We can't forget. You see, God says, listen, if you confess it to me, son, if you confess it to me, daughter, you f I'm going to forget it. I am going to literally forget it. It's erased off my memory and RAM and system. You won't, I won't recall it back again and show you. If you confess it, it's gone. It is kaput, gone, 
out in the trash. Gone. Many of us like to go and find it again. But it's gone. But listen, when we forgive others, we love to remind them. We love to remind them. But listen to me. Forgiveness is not about this. You know, in the middle of the prayer, some of you might be there and you're saying, thank you God for forgiving me of all these things I've just confessed. Then God says, right, you need to forgive your brother and your sister for what they did. And right then and there, he says that we should go and, and we should go and, and correct this with them. Listen, it's not a time to get on the phone. Go and get the phone and say, listen, I'm really, really sorry. I'm not saying this is wrong. But listen to me. Forgiveness is about forgetting. It's about forgetting it. Not about going to the person saying, listen, I know that you're really, you spoke really bad to me that time, but I forgive you. Really, you're just digging it all back up again. But it's forgetting it and putting it aside from you. That's the key. If God forgets it, then we should forget it. And not hold grudges. In Jeremiah 31, verse 34, God, speaking through prophet Jeremiah, said this, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Speaking of what was to come. Number five, moving on quickly, we should pray for God's help. Pray for God's help. He says this, and lead us not into temptation. When we've just riddled, when we've just come before him and said, look, I've got all these things and sins. Listen to me. Listen, if you forget a sin, some of us start to worry that if we've not, if we're supposed to reveal everything to God, if we've forgotten something, then we're in big trouble because we forgot one of the things. Listen, God knows your heart and your motives. If you forgot, he's not going to condemn you for forgetting a sin. It's the ones we do know about and we have remembered that we cannot, that we don't bring before him. But listen to me. We should also pray and ask for God's help in temptation. Temptation for you is the closest to sin you're going to get without getting burnt. It's the closest you're going to get to the fire without getting burnt. Jesus was tempted in every way, yet he didn't sin. Listen to me. Many of us, we get so close to sin with temptation, we end up crossing over the barrier. And Jesus knows it's so important for you and for me to make sure that we not only confess our sins, but listen, before you leave the closet room again, to go out and do and live your life, that you ask him to help you not to fall into temptation to sin again. We've said it so many times in these over the years in the Lord's Prayer, and we can riddle off the Lord's Prayer so quickly, and it means nothing to some people. But listen, it's so important to say, God, I believe if God asks us, to, if Jesus is saying that we should ask for it, there's something so important that he knows that he can actually help you. He can help avoid you getting close to the fire. I remember many years ago, if you didn't know this, I used to smoke many cigarettes a day. And I'm not putting smokers down here or, or anything like that because I know some, it's a very difficult thing to give up. When I was a young boy, I, was, I, I smoked quite a lot a day. And uh, at one time I was smoking about 20, 25 cigarettes a day. And um, <clears throat> when I, I'm not coughing because of the cigarettes, I did stop. But I used to smoke and, and, and listen, I'm not putting anyone down, but listen, it's a hard thing to give up. And it's one of the things that I wish I'd not started. And I remember just as a young boy, just finding a packet of cigarettes once and it literally kicked off from there. But listen, many years later when I was trying to get rid of it. One time I tried to stop, and the thing I did is this. I said, I'm going to put, keep the cigarette pack on my desk at work, and I'm going to leave it there, and that's going to be my, I'm going to see if I can do this. I'm in control. 
And I'd stare at it all day and it'd be, it'd be coming alive, looking at me and you know you want one. And listen to me. Many of us try to do this. We try to think we're so good and in control. We've dealt with some sins. We say, I've heard some people say before, they'll stick the beers in the fridge. They'll stick, they've got problems with alcohol and they do all these things and they're trying to control themselves. And they say, I'm going to test myself. God, I know I've got your help. Listen to me. If it's a problem for you, get rid of it. Get rid of it. If it's there, you're tempting yourself. Get rid of these things. We try to do it on us in our own way. But we need to get rid of these things and get close to God. In James 4 verse 7 it says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Submit yourselves to God. Get towards him. Get close to him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, listen to this, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Listen to me. Finally on this point is to say this. If Paul said that if we're tempted that God will provide a way out of it, there it is. Paul discovered it. That if we pray and ask for him to help us, then he will reveal to you by his spirit the way out. Many of us don't. We try to make our own tests. And we say, I'm going to try again. And we fail. And then we're right back there again, communicating with God and saying, God, I can't do this. I want to encourage you today to give these things to God. Submit to him. Resist the devil and he will flee. Hallelujah. Final point today is this. It wasn't in this bit of scripture, but it's part of the Lord's Prayer. It says this right at the very end. I just wanted to include this very quickly. But the very thing to finalize this that wasn't in that bit of scripture we read is the last part of the Lord's Prayer, which is for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Listen to me. The final thing you should do before you leave the presence of God. The final thing you should do is not leave there asking for, you, for God to just to help you with temptation. Listen to me. All these points I'm saying, this is not a how-to list and that you should do this. This is guidance. It's not a methodical way of praying. Listen, sometimes we get into the presence of God. We confess our sins. If you've, if you've got to go to work, then you're doing a great job. Listen to me. It's not about putting people down for how much of this prayer you've done. These are simply guidelines. It's guidelines that are going to help you. But the final thing is this. Proclaim God's greatness. Proclaim God's greatness. Before you, when you've finished, remind yourselves of how great he is. Remind yourselves of who he says he is. The promises over your life. Because when you've just been talking about your sins and your temptations, just say, Lord, you know, I'm finding life difficult, but I've just asked you for all these things. But do you know what? I'm just going to remind myself of not how frail I am and weak I am, but how great you are. How great is our God? How great is our God that he's magnificent. He's above all things. If he created me, then he is above me. And I'm going to look to him who created me. And I want to remind you today that finish off your prayer, start off with worship and finish it off with declaring the promises, declaring how great he is. And I'm telling you now, you'll have the best prayer time ever. King David said this, the worship team want to be ready to come back. King David said this, 
in Psalm 103, I love this Psalm, verse 1 to 5. It's been one of my favorite Psalms all the way through my Christianity. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He rescues our life from the pit. But listen, we need to praise him. We need to lift him up. Remind ourselves. Listen, if you remind yourselves of every time at the end, declaring Psalm 103 over your life, that he's the one who will rescue your life from the pit. He forgives you of all your sins, heals all your diseases. Remember who he says he is, who King David discovered him to be. If you finish with that, it's the best time you'll ever have in prayer. As we worship him at the beginning, and then we praise him at the end. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.